Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, as always, I am David Almeida. And every week it is my pleasure to welcome an actor or artist friend into my home to watch an episode of the classic sitcom The Facts of Life and then to hit record and talk about the show, analyze it, synopsize it, and use it as a springboard to talk about anything and everything else we can possibly think of. So, Happy New Year! How was your New Year's Eve? I spent mine at home, in bed, sick. You can probably still hear a little bit of it in my voice right now. (sighs) It's a very busy time for actors in Central Florida. So, usually working a lot of extra hours, covering a lot of shifts, And it's not uncommon to get run down, and this has happened before. It will happen again, and thankfully I know I'm in good company. Hey, the struggle is real, but live in the dream. So thankfully now we're into the new year. Holiday season is over. Things will slow down, and uh, I won't be having to record the introductions to the show in my car, as you may have noticed I've had to do the last few weeks. Anyhow, thankfully... My illness over the new year did not come before Matthew Arter was able to come to the house and record an episode. He and I watched season four, episode eight, Daddy's Girl, which originally aired December 1st, 1982. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Matthew Arter. Matthew Arter. Here we are again. David Almeida! So great to have you to the house. Oh, good. We had a, a lovely dinner mm. of grilled cheese and tomato basil soup mm. that I enjoyed, and mm-hmm. you watched me eat. I did watch you eat. I I just don't eat things from a can? <laughs> the grilled I mean, cheese was not from a can. Oh. I offered it to you. I wish you had yes. accepted my offer of food. No, you were very kind. Um, but, like, it just, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Campbell's condensed tomato soup is, that's, um, that's a thing. People eat that, okay. I guess. And I'm very choosy, David, che- about what I put in my mouth. So <laughs> I've, I've heard to the contrary. We've but, been over this. Yeah, we've been... <laughs> We are going to talk about this magnificent episode of The Facts of Life. And there is no sarcasm dripping from that magnificent. No, we really, really. thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yes, it was awesome. So season four, episode eight, Daddy's Girl. So you know the drill. I want a two-sentence synopsis. And uh, give it to me. Okay. Um... Ugh. Did you not come prepared? Well, I, I've been I've been tossing it around so much. Oh, okay, all right. And so, well, just know that perfection is the enemy of um, impressing me. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, because um, it's really about the girls learning this lesson. Mrs. Garrett kind of learns a lesson too, but she's clearly B story, right? So I feel like I need to focus on Blair. Um, so maybe like, um, this Wednesday on the Facts of Life. Go for it. Um, I don't know. Ah, this is payback for me being rude to all the other people that can't do it. (laughs) Well, just do it. Do it. Start. Just, just give me a first draft and we'll see if we need to edit and I'll give you notes. Um, at tax time, Blair finds out 
that her relationship with her father isn't what she thought it was. I don't know, but that That's makes good. it sound like they're fucking. No, 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 no. That's yeah. fine. No, I don't think so. I don't um, know. I don't think technically this is tax time. Well, why are they taxing? I see that was the thing. I don't know. Maybe we could talk to uh, Tootie Fruity Andrea L. about uh-huh. it. I bet she would comment with the with the two-sentence thing. Yeah. Well, you know, my Patreon patrons are mm-hmm. uh, very intelligent, so she might know yeah. that. Um, but here's the deal. You can get audited anytime. Sure. But and I, so I don't know. That it's wasn't not like the he best. Was, he was not preparing her taxes. He was looking back at a previously filed return. Yeah. So, um, but it's fine. So, I will still accept your uh, flawed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> synopsis. That got cut. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't bother to stop Tim Williams in his fifteen minute. Oh, oh tirade, shit! But, oh, okay. it is on. Tim, Matthew, and I want to oh, fight you. My God. So, so yes. Um, Sorry. But, that but, sucked. but irregardless, Matthew. Indeed. Irregardless. Indeed. Um, this episode, we do need to note, is directed, of course, by the wonderful Asad Kalada, uh-huh. who directs every episode in season four. Yes. And it is written by Howard Myers and Paul Haggis. Do you know those names? I know what Haggis is. <laughs> It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, you, but do you not know who Paul Haggis is? No. Should I know who Bill Rocky Mountain Oysters are? Uh, what? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Howard Myers, he was a story editor and writer on Different Strokes. Oh. And he also produced some of those episodes. And he also produced and wrote for Who's the Boss, Dear John, and The Nanny. Mm. So he's had an illustrious television career. Sounds like but it. Paul Haggis is the Academy Award-winning screenwriter-director who wrote and won for the screenplay of Million Dollar Baby. Oh, wow. And then the next year won the Oscar for Best Picture and Best Screenplay for Crash. Crash. That was 2004 and 2005. Oh, talk about things you leave off your resume, huh? (laughs) Oh my god. I am no fan of Crash. Do you what? I I <laughs> hated that movie so much. And when it won the and that was the year that broke back didn't even get nominated. Like all the Well, come on. Jill and Hall and you were, we all just wanted it because they were hot and gay and butt but, fucking. But it was a good movie. Was it? It was how was very it? dare you. Was it? You are in my house, sir. Alright. But uh compared to Crash I think Crash was I thought it James. was like a Fast and the Furious kind of movie. Oh, no, 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 no. No. No, Crash is the... It's not about cars. It's <laughs> Sadly, it's not. Mm. It's a movie about racism, but it is the most heavy-handed, on-the-nose... Oh, nose. I thought it was a movie about racing. No. Not racism. No, racism. I'm sorry. It has... It's like one of those all-star casts and a lot of uh, interwining stories. Oh, I'm out. And you have, yeah, it's like a Paul Thomas Anderson film, but even less enjoyable. <laughs> if that can be possible. That's a reference I don't get. <laughs> um, so uh, while he was on his way to becoming Academy Award winning director and screenwriter Paul Haggis, yeah. he started off writing cartoons. Mm. Like, I think there was a Scooby and Scrappy-Doo script in there. Mm. And he moved up uh, through... Uh, the cartoons, and then he did this Facts of Life. He would go on to do 14 episodes of the Facts of Life. Oh. 
but there is about to be a two-year break where he's mostly over different strokes. And there's also some One Day at a Times. Yeah. Did you not like One Day at a Time? Yeah, my favorite. No? Nothing really I could relate to. Really? Yeah. Okay. I will go on record. We, I just had a big, long rant, and I may cut it out. I'm just going to go on record quickly saying, not a fan of Crash. I don't think it's well-written, but I did like Million Dollar Baby. Did you see it? No. No. I don't like movies that upset me. Okay. How did you know it would upset you? Because I look at the commercial. Yeah. And also, <laughs> what's his pussy? Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood, Ugh. yeah. That's... Must you Bronco Billy? Yeah, no. that's that's a hard sell these days. I haven't enjoyed him since Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> did you? <laughs> did I paint his wagon? I did. It, it, Is enjoy, that a euphemism? In, enjoy Paint Your Wagon, did you? <laughs> no, God, no. No, okay, I just was going to say, I didn't think so. But Bronco Billy was good. Uh-huh, I never saw that. Oh, so funny. No, yeah. Not really. So what were we talking... Oh, that's right, the facts of life. Yeah. Shall we get into into it? Yeah. Um, because we, with all that being said, not huge, <laughs> not Haggis, Paul Haggis fans. And yet, and yet we are both here saying this was a really good episode. Yeah. It makes me want to know if the other episodes he helped try are just as good. Yeah. Well, we start off, where do we start off and tell us, tell us a bit about the episode. I'm letting you do a talking for a nanosecond here. Okay. Um, well, we start off and I noticed in the kitchen, um, and they're doing inventory. Yeah. So there is actual food on display for you, David. I, I'm shocked. I was elated, confused by how much there was. Yeah. And I didn't understand the beginning. I didn't understand what Edna was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, because she sets up the plot point that she's ordering way too much ketchup. Yeah. And... And then she says, but I'm not ordering ketchup, but it's on the order thing that you're ordering ketchup. So I don't understand I, what she's doing because she's trying to say that she's using the extra money to get to get fresh fruits and veggies. <laughs> and which I want to punch people that say things like that. It's like you did not pick it off of the fucking tree in your backyard. This whole fresh and fresh, fresh veggies. Fresh bullshit. Veggies. Fresh from Publix. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah. So I didn't understand her whole scheme. Okay, the scheme as I understood it, and I will agree with you, it's not 100% clear. But um, what they what happens is Joe says they have a lot, they have a lot of ketchup yeah. currently. Um, and but why so, are you ordering more, she says. But why are you ordering more? And Mrs. Garrett says, I'm not ordering more. So what's happening is their ketchup supply is already full. Mrs. Garrett is putting in her budget report quote unquote, I'm making air quotes, ketchup. This is money that I need for ketchup. That they will not, that will not signal them something is amiss or odd. Uh. And then with that quote unquote ketchup money, she's going to order this horrific thing that the educators do not want anywhere near the growing youth of America. Sure. Fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. That's too expensive. Yeah. She says. Yeah. And she says, um, uh, Blair, well, well, it's it's nice. It connects already very early. It connects to Blair, where Blair says, "Well, Mrs. Garrett, if you need more money, why don't you just do what I do? Ask for it." And she says, "I filled out the forms in triplicate, and they went to the headmaster, meaning Mr. Parker. Why did she say the headmaster? We know who Mr. Parker is, and he responded in triplicate. No, no, no." <laughs> 
Oh, with a big arm up in the air. Yeah, that's the first of many arms up in the air. Oh, we have Decorative arms in the air. We have a broad Edna show <laughs> this week. Yes, we do. Um, now, previous to that, though, Joe does mention, hey, let's get things moving along here because tomorrow my dad is taking me to a ball game. <sighs> so she's uh, presumably going to go into the city where a ball game would be happening in New sure. York City. And it's so funny because we have that. So we got to get this done because I'm going to go in the city. Um, and then Blair is like, well, you all have to continue without me because I've got this thing where there's this tax man that called me. It's coming. And I'm like, um, bitch, you are under house arrest. You are supposed to be like the fact that they so casually shirk their duties and responsibilities mm. when they are still technically on probation. No, they're not on probation anymore. But they have to pay for the floor. Yeah. So they're under, they're, but they're, with the school, they're just, this is an agreement with Mrs. Garrett now. Hmm. Okay. So I feel like there's a little bit more loosey-goosey. I, okay. I will give you that. I will give you that. I hadn't forgotten, but anyway, just saying. But the very first joke in, uh-huh. the, in the thing is ruined. And we'll get to Joe going to the ball game because it just made me want to throw up. Like, ball games are so boring. And then she goes, not with my dad. He fights with the fans. He get, That sounds like a goddamn nightmare to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you want to be... If I, if you're with that person in the field, you're like, I don't know this I, person. Yeah. Nope, I'm, I'm sliding down the bleacher. <laughs> We've all been, like, to the club with somebody who's way too drunk. And you're like, I don't know him. Yeah. I'm sorry. And we've met her dad. We've met Alex Rocco. And yeah. she's painting this picture of him as this... He throws stuff at the umpire. I was yeah, like, oh, God, I'm as out, this Joe. pugilist... <laughs> And and he's he's just fresh out of prison. He's got a fucking prison record. Granted, it was for stealing typewriters. Sure. But be that as it may, it's like, dude, you don't want to keep your nose clean so you can go to more ball games. Stealing typewriters. <laughs> I remember. It's true. It's true. You know it. But the very first joke was, um, how many cans of chow mein do they have? Do they have? Yes. Two, 200, they name. They say 200. Yeah. We have 200 cans of chow mein. But Edna makes the joke, well, that's the thing about Chinese food. And half hour later, you forgot what you ordered. Mm. That's not the joke, Edna. No, no <laughs> not at all. It's <laughs> half hour later, you're hungry, hungry again. again. Like, I can't believe these vaudevillian writers yeah. let her fuck up that joke. Yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, uh, or maybe well, like maybe it's because they're young. They didn't. It, it, they're young and inexperienced. Because these. Because Haggis is not an old man. I mean, he's not. But I. I was thinking maybe, maybe I'm thinking too much about it. But I was saying maybe she's altering the joke to fit yeah. her her situation. Yeah. Oh, I see. You forgot or, how you much forgot you, what ordered. you ordered. Yeah. Again. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. it's it's not good. No. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. No. Um, but Can we to, talk about how beautiful Blair looks, though? Um, in a moment. Okay. What I want to say is that um, 200 cans of chow mein. And these are like big-ass industrial size. Does chow mein come in a can? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I have before, but... And, uh, <laughs> I assume it does, because it's, you know, it's Asian noodles and, you know, some sauce. And I, I assume, like, there's la choy. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Oh, remember that shit? La Choy oh. makes Chinese food that <laughs> swings Americans. Why not? 
Oh. I will be posting that commercial on the website. <laughs> I have not thought of that since 1974. The last time anybody thought LaChoy was good. <laughs> it was like, it was like, was there a time we didn't have Chinese restaurants where you could get decent food? Anyway. Um, but the thing is, 200 big ass cans <laughs> yeah. of jugs, chow mein. if you will. <laughs> jugs of chow mein. Barrels. So there, we're, now we're back to this, what is the size of the student body yeah. of Eastland? Yeah. Is it two? So 200, those 200 cans is probably easily, you know, what, eight helpings in a can? Like for a half a cup serve? It's, it's like, so 200, so are there 1,600 students or... And one dietitian and, and four girls. And no chef, because she <laughs> fired Howard after they stopped fucking. Yeah. We determined last week. Mm-hmm. But um, anywho, I, I don't know what is happening there. Um, so then, yes, you were saying about Blair. She's gorgeous. And do you want to know why? She's just stunning in this episode. I, I, will, I will not disagree with you, but I know why you're saying that. It's because she's got her blonde, blonde hair. You don't like the dirty blonde. I don't. This was the second it episode. It makes her look mousy. Yeah. And the blonde makes her look like a goddamn movie star. She does. <laughs> she does. Little roots notwithstanding. But um, I'm not mad at them, though. It's because yeah. she's Because everything else is so right. I agree. Beautiful. The face. I was just, I was looking at her makeup and I was like, oh, God. No, she is stunning and and slim. They clearly sent her to fat camp that summer oh. before we started this. She is looking slimmer than she did in season three. She's also dressed like a third grade substitute teacher. Yeah, Dorothy but, Michaels well, is what it is. But long skirts, yeah, long skirts, and the button up blouses. Here's the other thing: uh, we didn't know this. At the time, you and I did season four, episode one. We were talking about her dirty blonde, the Mm -hmm. dirty dishwater blonde hair. Uh, And that's because they were broadcast out of order from the way they were made. This is the second episode they taped for the season, even though it is the eighth one broadcast. So this is still her Facts of Life Goes to Paris. Super blonde hair. And there's not as many layers in it. That layery, real bangs thing that happens... Uh, later on, which technically was in season four, episode one, is actually a thing that happened okay. chronologically after this. Got I'm it. sorry, Marty McFly, that is really, really confusing. Ooh. Yeah, when it comes to Lisa Welch's hair, you need to think fourth dimensionally. Um, <laughs> so when Mrs. Garrett reveals that she's going to be doing this thing about getting the fruits and vegetables that the <laughs> the headmaster won't approve, one of them says something like, so can you do that? Is that okay? And she says, well, I'm just going to have to juggle the budget, Mm. is how she calls it, juggling the budget. So then Blair says, well, can't help you. Peace out, bitches. I got to go change because I have a visitor coming. Uh, And it's like, so you have to change. She looks fine. We're in, we're in, here's another weird thing. We're in street clothes, no uniforms. So it's a weekend. Mm -hmm. This is. This is this is, has to be a Saturday because the next day in the episode when Joe comes back from the ball game, mm-hmm. they say he's coming back tomorrow. And, and he, he says, says he'll be back Monday. So the tax man is visiting Blair on a Saturday on a afternoon. Saturday. And he went to her. Yeah. Because <laughs> the IRS does that. They yeah. make house just they're like, like doctors. Whenever you're free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The IRS, they're known for their award-winning customer service. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, so uh, oh, do you did you catch the Natalie Jewish not Jewish joke? No. Um, the man who is coming to see me is from the IRS. And first thing, Natalie says, IRS, my palms are starting to sweat. And Natalie is the one constantly making the jokes about, oh, he's going in for the kill now. Oh, he's got to, like, all the money, <laughs> the money jokes yeah. are going to Natalie. And it's like, guys, jeez. Okay, then if we're going to notice that, all of the lawyer jokes went to Tootie. Tootie, because her parents are her parents lawyers. parents are lawyers, so, yeah. you know, that's good. That I mean, the, be that as it may. They made the person of color the lawyer. I guess. And in the child of lawyers, they didn't come from, you know, the good times ghetto. But um, so what Blair says is there's some type, she's very glib about it. Oh, there's some question about my tax return. And they said, you have a tax return? You filled, I think they said, you filled out a tax return? She says, I didn't fill it out. I just signed it. And um, they're like, thankfully, Mrs. Garrett asks a lot of the questions that we would be asking now. But you don't have a job. Right. Why would you file a tax return? And Blair reveals that her dad lists her as a fashion consultant. Yeah. And therefore, the money he sends her for her allowance is tax deductible. Mrs. Garrett says, well, <laughs> how much could that be? And Blair <laughs> tries to be coy. And she's like, well, we don't. one doesn't really discuss that. But $10,000. I was really surprised that they actually... Me too. Put a number on it. I know, because like, they, they could have skirted it yeah. easily. Because um, Blair's got that massive skirt on. Right. Um, but it's like, um, she was $10,000. And they go, $10,000 a year? And you couldn't lend me a dollar to go to the movie? Bingo. <laughs> Natalie <laughs> Money Jew joke. <laughs> Just saying. And I will point out that in 1982, the median family income was $23,430. So this is like half of the median income, a little less than half of the median income, $10,000. And then they say, so $10,000 a year, and Blair kind of, a month. Yeah. (laughs) So $10,000 a month, meaning $120,000. So that is six times. The average household income. Well, they say she. They 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 mention a couple times, David, in 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 the series that Blair is is rich. So I, I'm aware of that. Uh-huh. So they are all uh, understandably. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars, and and just to be clear, ten thousand uh-huh. dollars in 1982 uh-huh. was twenty six thousand six hundred and fifty three dollars and sixty eight cents. In 2019 dollars. Mm-hmm. A lot of fucking money. Yeah, yeah. So Tootie does mention that her parents have handled some tax cases for clients. I, uh, She just mentions that in passing, and mm-hmm. that will come back in a little bit. Um, but here's the shocking. On top of the tax guy coming on a weekend, sure. um, they say to Blair, well, what does your father say about it? And she says, oh, I didn't talk to my father. He's in Nigeria. And they're like, well, you couldn't put it off till he gets back. And she's like, oh, what it could be. It's like, yeah, you are a teenager. Yeah. This is, let's assume this is not tax time. And let's assume this is a return that has already been filed. The IRS can't question a file, a 
a return that hasn't already been filed. Sure. So to, it is, yeah. It's already been filed. Yeah. She just turned 18. Blair just uh-huh. turned 18 this year. Ooh. So this is when she would have been a minor? I'm, I'm, hmm? I don't know what the, like, the deal is with, like, paper boys and all that shit, but can a minor claim an income and fill out a tax return that isn't something just under the umbrella of a parent saying, oh, and my kid, my dependent earned this money too. These are tax questions. I had, um... I'm wondering if Kat C., our Patreon supporter, might know that. Yeah. She's good with photography. I'll bet she also has a lot of money smarts. Can minors file tax returns? We are going to be here a long time tonight. Well, I just Googled it and I'm wrong. <laughs> this this website, thebalancecareers.com says, first, mm. children are never too young nor too old to file income taxes if they have earned income or income from savings and investments. So I am wrong. But you know what? Here's the thing. And I'm thinking about it. Like I was working at Dairy Queen making like $4 an hour. Mm-hmm. You were for like rich, probably 10 hours a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that I made enough to file a tax return. Oh. Like, I doubt that I cleared $600 a year (laughs) because the simple fact is we were open for six of those months because it was Dairy Queen in Indiana. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I probably didn't make enough until I was about 18 to when I moved here. So Blair is a minor. Blair is still... A child. Yeah, this should not have happened. They, no. Like, an IRS person would never, A, come to you. Yeah. And B, talk to a minor without an adult or a lawyer present, like somebody legally to represent you as an adult. If you were going to talk to the IRS. Yeah, if say, not your parents. Or so, Blair was would be smart enough. Why aren't you calling your mother? <laughs> yeah, but, or and, somebody. I can't get a hold of my dad, but I'm going to call my mother. Yeah. And so she can be like, let me get my lawyer over. You know what I mean? Or yeah. something. Even though they're not but, married anymore. I but get yeah. it. That would you bring call... the episode to a screeching halt. Yeah. But... <laughs> it's, it's Blair on the phone with her dad's secretary. Right. Trying to place a person-to-person call to Nigeria yeah. on a field phone in 1982. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. But there, there are there are some. So there's holes in the story, Haggis. Yeah, couple, couple of notes, Mr. Haggis. We've got a. We're gonna send them back in the time machine for Two you. Two theme park actors from Orlando are taking issue. Yeah. <laughs> with your through line. Um, but Blair seems to think that regardless of however this goes down, <laughs> forgive the expression, she said the operative word in tax man is man, mm-hmm. meaning basically. Uh, to the best the episode can explain this preposterous situation away, mm-hmm. it is that Blair doesn't want to trouble her dad and thinks she can charm her way out of an issue with the IRS. As a minor, she is going to flirt with an adult. Adult, like you do. <laughs> so then we go to the cafeteria later the same day. Yes. Uh, Blair comes in saying, I need your advice. Yeah. Should I wear the pink scarf or the rust scarf? What? With Bitch. a red top. You are wearing a red blouse. The answer is neither, neither. And you fucking know that. And it's 1982. You're not wearing a scarf because you're not 80. And who? Fuck. Like, how did, was it just not even in their brain? Like, Lisa, as an actress, wasn't like, could uh, I? Uh, really? A rust or a pink? Yeah. I'm Pattern? I feel like I should. Yeah. 
mention that I wouldn't be wearing this. Or maybe that's why we aren't stars on TV shows because we would have we would have stopped demanded. production. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have come out of my fucking trailer. No. That's what I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how the scene begins. Um, immediately, Natalie is paranoid. She says, whatever's going to go down, it's, this is not going to go well. Right. Like, Natalie is immediately in paranoid. I'm a Jewish person protecting my money mode. Just throwing, I'm just saying it. We're all thinking it. I'm saying mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, I was not thinking it, but okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And then Blair has this whole thing staged of, well, then Mrs. Garrett's going to bring out the strudel, and then Joe yeah. is going to do it. And Mrs. Garrett's like, this is not a tea party. Yeah. Um, anyway. Then we finally meet Mr. Garfield. The wonderful. He, the tax man shows yeah. up. Uh, this is played by actor Kenneth Tigar, T-I-G-A-R. Tigger, I guess Tigger, like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too. I would probably say Tiger, but that's oh. just me. Okay, we're going to go with it's Tiger with an A. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not to be confused with the carnival tiger wearing the sombrero in the girl's bedroom. No. Um, which I think is gone this season anyway. But... um. So, uh, Kenneth Tiger is a working actor. He's still working. He's one of those, for those listening, Uh and I think, um, I like to think that Lisa M. would agree. He's one of those actors that you see him and you're like, oh, that guy. Mm -hmm. But never got on a hit. Nope. Never. Never. He played like the cop on Hill Street Blues. Yeah. In the background. That on got one shot in that episode. Yeah. And then you'd show he'd show up as the bartender on Friends. Uh-huh. Like not even on Friends. Like no, not no, even no. That it was a hit. D- like, double trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> That's where you went. <laughs> He'd be a teacher on Small Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Double trouble. So, oh, he's so he's one of those recognizable actors. And the most recent biggest biggest thing you would know him from mm. is in the first Avengers movie, the first one. There is a scene in a big audience in Germany where Loki is addressing the audience, and this one man stands up and basically says, uh, "We will not follow you. We will not." He's, he has a German accent. Uh, because Which you do so well, I thought I was sitting with Marlena Dietrich. Yeah, it was like it was like Krauss on Benson. Seriously. Like, yeah. Um, so he <laughs> every reference I make is making you crack up. That makes me happy. So fucking funny. Go ahead. <laughs> and um, and so when he stands up and says, "We're not gonna follow you. You're a bad guy," and we're German people, we don't follow bad guys. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Um. But Loki says, all right, and basically says, watch your leader die. And Loki, pshoom, goes to kill him as an example of, no, 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 you do not defy me. Mm. And at the very last second, Captain America swoops <gasps> in with the shield and pshoom. Oh, how exciting. Isn't it? So, it, this, so Kenneth this Tiger. this is an Avengers movie? The first, the original, the first movie called The Avengers. Oh. So he played the role, and that role was German old man. And Paul Haggis wrote that? N- no, Paul Haggis oh. wrote Crash. Okay. Uh, so can I ask this about the tax man? Please. What do you want to know? I just, you, you, one thing I don't long for in the 80s are the dental plans oh. of the actors. <laughs> this guy Ooh. has like five teeth in the top of his it, head. It's, it's picket fence territory. He could eat an apple through a tennis racket and not miss a bite. <laughs> 
Like he's got Freddie Mercury jacked up teeth. Um, and but but space. The thing is, they're the spaced spacing. out. Yeah, Freddie Mercury's Freddie yeah, Mercury he had, had crowded. Teeth he was he was a crowd. I believe it was a crowding problem. Yeah, yeah. but the same but, like the same level of jacked up. Yeah, like, it was. You're just like how. Did you walk in? And maybe that's how whitewashed we are with TV actors nowadays. With like the, with, the, with the perfect veneers the and everybody yeah. and has the caps. Yeah. And ugh. But I can't imagine him walking into my casting office and be like, this guy. Yeah. Unless I was casting a homeless person. Oh. <laughs> or a meth addict, maybe. I... I don't think it's for me. It wasn't that bad, but oh, I'm, I'm bad. not saying I didn't notice his teeth. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't notice it. Thank you. But for a character actor, sure. I mean, they were they all looked mm-hmm. to be mostly the same color, like Ernest T. Bass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think if I'm casting that part of it, hey, where's that tiger guy? Wow. So there's but that, yeah, just throwing that out him. there. And um, he's perfectly lovely as the taxi. He man. is like, wearing he's good, wearing a plaid jacket. I Which, think that was a choice. Yeah, I don't think plaid jackets were really a thing come 1982. That was a little throwback. Was that to make him look like a nerdy? Like yeah, a little thing? older guy accountant. You look at the fashions from the 80s. Like, how do you make somebody a nerd? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a hard one because <laughs> it all looks that way now. It does. Um, so uh, basically. Blair tries to turn on the charm. Mrs. Garrett clears the room. Um, and he talks, and he, he's really genuine and nice and sincere. So I don't buy him as a tax guy at the IRS at all. And that Blair turns on the charm. He calls her Miss Warner. And she's like, ah, 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 call me Blair. And all that stuff. And then he says, um, so uh, we're just going through your tax return. What exactly does a fashion consultant do? And Blair's like, uh, <laughs> I thought she'd be a pretty good answer, though. Yeah, she one said one watches trends. Yeah, one... gauges reactions. I thought pretty good. <laughs> what answer. did she say? Reads cosmopolitan. Reads cosmopolitan. Yeah, she kind of she yeah she she fudges her way through that pretty well. And he says, so um, there's a lot of deductions for clothing expenses. Do you have the receipts for them? <laughs> and she's like. Uh. <laughs> and and she says I don't <laughs> and he and he just kind of seems like he's helping her and he's yeah. like did you lose them and she's like uh yes <laughs> I fine. did no she doesn't what did she say she goes did you lose them and she goes oh, oh heavens no I threw them away <laughs> <laughs> and then um <laughs> Then there's also this miscellaneous equipment that was deducted. Yeah. Uh, a TV set, a Xerox machine, a Telex. A Telex. <laughs> uh, a Telex was literally like uh, an expensive fax machine for sending international text messages. <laughs> literally. It was so fucking elaborate. Oh, my God. Um, and a computer terminal. Yeah. And that's when she says, oh... Um, he's like, do you still have them? And she says, uh, I, and he says, did you lease them to your dad's corporation yeah. with the option to purchase while sharing the depreciation? Yeah. So there's a little bit of this, like, is he working for the Warners? Like he is really taking her by the hand and helping her down yeah. this path. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess he's a good guy or at the very least 
is there to help. I felt like he was making it very clear that he understood she had no idea what yeah. her father had she done. She wasn't to fooling her. him. Yeah. And he's like he's like I'm I know this isn't your doing. Yeah. You know and I I felt like he was trying to be like this is not your fault, honey. Yeah. So but yeah. But it was taking the temperature of do you have any sense of what has been happening sure. in your name? Yeah. Um so then we cut to the kitchen. And this is where Natalie, oh, now he's going in for the kill. Yeah. Hang on to your sacks of gold pieces. I mean, <laughs> so, but they are eavesdropping and we get the Mrs. Garrett joke. Would you, would you like to repeat? I don't know what it was. Girls, you shouldn't be oh, yeah. eavesdropping. Yeah. What is he saying? And then the way they open that thing the, the doorway yeah the window the dumbwaiter looking thing yeah um, that only between... exists in television sets yeah have you ever seen there was one in archie bunker's place mary tyler moore had that stained glass thing in her kitchen have <laughs> that you was weird ever seen that ever in real life i have seen um you remember in the 70s and 80s those um god-awful vinyl accordion doors oh oh god yes you know what i mean you had them in my room i have seen those yeah no. on on kitchen separation window okay. things i've okay. seen those yeah because this is almost like an order window from a restaurant like yeah. <laughs> like mel's diner ding vera pick up dingy you know? <laughs> pick so, up dingy yeah but it's it's rather unsubtle yeah. is what we're and getting the, to and the big turn that mrs garrett does with the big eyes when yeah she's, it's yeah. a lot yeah it's a lot um so he just uh, so he continues on saying there seem to be some irregularities and he just starts listing off yeah. random stuff and Blair is drifting farther and farther away yeah. realizing she's in way the fuck over her head. Bless her heart. Yeah. Until finally he does come clean and he says, Miss Warner, uh, 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 Blair, two things are obvious. You know nothing about your tax return and your father has given you this title so that he can avoid paying taxes. At which point, Mrs. Garrett and the other girls come running in. Strudel, the show. Here's a napkin. Distraction. Showbiz. It was uh, clumsy. But anyhow, he just says, I'll be back on Monday. Because that's a real work day in the business world. Um, I suggest you and your father give some thought to revising this. I hope your records are in order. Yeah. And she says, huh. I want my daddy. Yeah. And then he turns back over shoulder and says, so do we. Yeah. But almost like in a kind of a charming way. Like, you know, like, I, I like, I didn't, like, I don't know. Really? I thought I it was a him. little excessively sinister. Like, See, I liked him. We've been trying to nail this fucker to the <laughs> so wall for decades. And the way he popped the last strudel in his mouth. I, I don't know. I thought yeah. it was perfect. Because he did eat the strudel and complimented it, yeah. as everyone does. Yes. Is there a recipe online somewhere that is Mrs. Garrett Strudel? We have to look that up. I think there's a porn movie called that, <laughs> which I accidentally watched one time. Um, no. Oh, if Mr. Parker's in it, please don't it continue. It wasn't my thing. It was just four women. And oh. I was like, I'm out. No, you know what no, I mean? no, 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 no. I do remember something about a creamy finish. No. <laughs> a glaze. There was a glaze. A glaze, yeah, on the top of it, yeah. Um, how about we move on? And that is where we fade to commercial. Mm-hmm. So, dum-dum-dum. Yeah. Is the Blair in trouble? What's going to happen with yeah. the taxes? Oh, my. Yeah. 
So then we come back from the commercial break. It is now the next day, as we have deduced. So this is Sunday, Mm -hmm. or as I like to call it, Sunday. They're going through the tax return. They're all sitting around except for Joe, which we later find out she's at the baseball game with her dad. Um, so they all have things. And um, pr- props to the props people. Mm-hmm. They actually are tax forms. They are yes. legitimate, true-looking, governmental tax forms. Yes. Props. But again, I question the writing because I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I look at a tax form now as an adult, and I'm like, I don't know what any of these things uh, yeah. are or mean. Yeah. And these 14 and 15 year old <laughs> girls are holding on to a billionaire's tax forms. Yeah. And they're like, well, what does this part section say? And yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> it looks like we had a multiple depreciation in yeah. this value because well, of fuck the. Fuck off, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> because of. <laughs> And, and it wasn't Natalie, thank God. It was all of them. But it's like, what is this? You own a cannery in Guam. Yeah. What? You own a pig farm. Where you own say, oil wells. Where does it say any of that and on a it, tax and, form? And here's the thing. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. If you owned oil wells, uh, Matthew, you would have it under some type of a company umbrella-like, you know. Warner Enterprises. Yeah, or or just Warner Energy Solutions or something. It would be a generic name because you, you just never know. You might start in one type of business and end up or in another. Or it might be under the umbrella of Warner Textiles. Warner Textile um, Or Warner Fashion. from season. Remember season one? Right. It was just called Warner Fashion. Bless their heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But there's Judy a lot looking of... at it going, I've seen people go to jail for less than this. Have you, Tootie? Really? Have you? Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> you've been here since you were eight. Yeah. <laughs> you've lived a sheltered life. You don't even know it. Right. But Blair is clearly upset and surprised yes. and taken aback by all of these revelations. Yes. Um, and then it is said, the auditor is coming back tomorrow. That's how we know this is Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, so they can't reach the father. They're trying to reach the father. And they can't reach him. Um, and then, And then the big bomb is dropped where natalie says wow he listed the barbados trip that he took with you for christmas as a business trip again how she found that on a tax form no i have no idea yeah it's like if if the itemized receipts are not there which they should have been sure uh, you know and then it says and in geneva rome and madrid all of those trips were written off as business expenses. And okay, little sidebar. Yeah. He is totally fucking entitled to do that. If he, like the way if you or I go to New uh-huh. York City and we talk to a casting director or go to an audition, mm-hmm. we can write off that trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't write off everything. We can't write off, you know, the sex workers and the cocaine, but, you know. You can. Any, oh, okay. What? Huh? No. Never. No, never. <laughs> IRS, la la la. <laughs> Keep, keep keep listening. T- tap the ahead button. Tap. Click ahead. Click ahead. Um, anyhow, so that's where it suddenly shit gets real. Because Blair yeah. is like, those were our vacations. Those yeah. were for us. That was just him and me. He wouldn't have. Done, he wouldn't do something like that. And <laughs> Natalie even says, "Isn't this illegal?" And Tootie. That's where Tootie says. Yeah. Um, no, no, don't worry. Blair's not going to jail. Her father probably is. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, thank you. Don't help me. 
The phone does ring, and Natalie goes in the other room. Not Blair, who's desperately who's waiting for the phone desperately call. Desperately waiting to talk to her dad. <laughs> Where's dad? I can't get to him. Ring, ring, ring. Huh? Oh, oh would, yeah. you, would, you, would you get that? If and then not call me. I, and then not exactly. Him. You're right. And then not be Blair. It's him. Get over here. Instead, Natalie goes off and the scene continues. And then later Natalie comes in and says, oh, that was your dad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyhow, um, Joe does make an interesting point talking about going to jail. She's like, yeah, guys like Blair's father don't go to jail. They go to fenced in dude ranches. And she's right. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Low security. Martha Stewart wasn't in Oz. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> she was in a fucking country club. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Joe says, this is where the vaudevillian writers, yeah. Joe says, yeah, must really stink to find out your dad made you the patsy. Yeah. Whew. That's a... I found Joe to be a little too mean. During this episode? Yeah. To Blair. Yeah. Agreed. Like, like I, I would have liked her to be like, well, that's, I mean, Blair, he made you the patsy. Yeah. You know, rather than, made you the patsy. Yeah, well, she's. fuck off. I wasn't a part of this, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's just it. And it's like, Joe is acting mad at Blair for and being mad at Blair. Dad. And it's like, she's your friend. You could show her some empathy. Right. Read, read the room. She's you can in see distress. She's scared. Yeah. <laughs> Too scared to talk to her dad who just called. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> so, anyhow. Blair mentions that it's the same thing that Mrs. Garrett's doing. Joe, and Joe was like, yeah, because your dad was cheating. And she's yeah. like, it's not cheating. My dad will explain everything and it will all become clear. Well, it's no different than what Mrs. Garrett is doing yeah. with the ketchup budget to buy the fruits and vegetables. Um, Joe ain't got an answer for that. No, Joe doesn't. And um, It's for a good cause. Oh, but how many good causes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe defends Mrs. Yeah. Garrett. She says, oh, no, that's a big difference. We're talking about a few bottles of ketchup. Yeah. How many does it... How many does it take to get it wrong? I don't know. How many does it take for it to be wrong? That's right. Mrs. Garrett says that. And then she says, but Mrs. Garrett, you're doing it for all the right reasons. No, I'm still lying. (laughs) And then she says, this is a good Mrs. Garrett teaching learning moment. She says, a little on the nose, but am I glad I realized that? I'm going to change my budget report right now before I go to Mr. Parker. Do you want to? Do you want to finish on her big exit line? Yeah. What was it? Another declarative hand in the air. She says something that you felt like should have been the end, but then takes a couple more steps and then turns around and declares. Um, yeah, yeah. She she says, "I'm going to do it the right way, and I'm going to keep on fighting." Yeah. And you think that that's you where it would think end? That's where there should have been applause. But nope, nope. Had to go one further and give me broccoli or give me death with a fist yeah. in the air, with a big yeah. fist. Then she turns around and we get a look at her balloon knot hair, uh, <laughs> which I also have an issue with, uh, Mrs. Garrett. You didn't realize this. It was just kind of shoved in your face when she's like, I can't, I've reached, thank God I've realized this. But you were just told what you were doing. You knew it was wrong. Yeah. So you you knew it was creative accounting. Yeah. But but I think her thing was, if nothing else, it was her saying, 
no, I need to set a good example. It's the doing the thing that's right. But once again, it's Mrs. Garrett, you can't be the perfect human being. And Mr. Parker is an asshole who won't give you vegetables. <sighs> really? So I don't, I don't, I like, I feel like the whole, that whole plot point could have been taken away. And given Mrs. Garrett, like, oh, I've got this to get catered by Friday or some another yeah. plot. Another I didn't mind line. it. It didn't bother me. Because it, it just, it's like, oh, good, we get it, Mrs. Garrett. You are the perfect human being. But, but she wasn't perfect and she had something to but learn. But she had to fix it because I'm perfect. Fuck off. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And, uh, I just wanted those... to have one fucking flaw. <laughs> and she never does. I guess it could, it would have been a different episode if it ended. With her saying kind of a, well, you know what? Fuck it. Right. Like that would have been certainly more interesting Mrs. Garrett right. thing. But um, yeah. But yeah, give me broccoli or give me death is a Ooh. reference to a very famous speech attributed to Patrick Henry mm. at the Second Virginia Convention in 1775, mm -hmm. where he said, give me liberty. Or give me death. Mm. So um, I will give a couple extra points to the writing that broccoli and liberty uh, not only end with the E sound, they mm. are both three syllable words with the accent on the first syllable. That is some word craftsmanship that I do think we should at least acknowledge. Acknowledged. <laughs> anyway, now is where Natalie comes in and says, oh, that was your dad on the phone. He's on his way. All is okay. And then, um, uh, and then Joe says, yeah, well, what fucking ever, it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't put family on the spot for a few lousy bucks. Oh God, this whole street smarts bullshit yeah. from her. Yeah. I just can't sometimes. But then we get the Thornton Wilderest of Thornton Wilder of the wide shot and all of them literally facing the audience and just this pregnant pause then we are in the cafeteria later. Um, and in comes, oh, oh, Mrs. Garrett is, what is she doing, Matthew? You know what? This is, that was the last of my notes because the second half of this episode is perfect. Oh. So I, I have no more, you have no more notes. You mm -mm. have no more notes. Nope. Well, I got a few. All right. Happy to hear them. Um, uh, first of all, Mrs. Garrett is, Dealing with the flowers, yes. not food. No. Even though we've inventoried everything, we put it back in the shelves, ain't going to fucking touch it. Right. But she's dealing with flowers, and they try to make a joke out of she happens to have a flower in her teeth mm -hmm. when Mr. Warner shows up. Mm -hmm. And so then she's talking through it and all. It's just another bit yeah. for Charlotte Ray to do that doesn't really pay off. Um, so the actor who plays Blair's father, Yum. Uh, David Warner, is the character. The actor's name is Nicholas Coster. Mm. This is his first of five appearances as Mr. Warner. And he is known often for playing rich guys in both daytime and nighttime soaps. Has a IMDb page a mile and a half long. He is... Uh, 86 years old and he's still working he's mm. still he has something coming out next year like that's in post-production wow. um but he's been on dallas another world one life to live as the world turns and his big cash cow from 1984 to 1993 he was on 586 episodes oh my god of santa barbara oh god <laughs> in the role of you want a soap opera name 
Lionel Lockridge. Oh. Isn't that the best soap opera name ever? <laughs> Lionel Lockridge. Um, so he is like the, he's like the fucking male Susan Lucci where, you know, he is, but not famous. He's one of those, you see him and you're like, I've seen him in a ton of shit. Yeah. Don't know who the fuck he is. Right. Um, just and, like the tax man. Just like the tax man, exactly. I like Blair's dad. I no, I liked him too. Cast. Perfect casting. He had the right amount of gravitas of rich man, of white guy and handsome. privilege. And handsome. I'm Absolutely. I believe I believe that is her dad. Yeah. So the conversation between Blair and her dad is is nice. She's you know, he says to her, Hey honey. Don't worry about the tax man. I know it must have been distressing. My attorneys are taking care of everything. It's my fault for leaving it in other people's hands. You know, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Mm. Not your taxes. No. No, you know you don't ever. Bad do advice. Jesus, you don't do your taxes no. by yourself. Fuck. That's if you're a millionaire and you've got investments yeah. and you have a fucking kid that you're Anyway. Um but Blair does say that tax man made me feel like a common criminal. Mm. And um, and he says, well, I don't think you're going to be going to jail, dear. And he said, otherwise I'd have to forward your Neiman Marcus account to Sing Sing. Funny. Which is a funny line. Good. Um, because he, I think he is realizing, and he plays it so well, and the writing is pretty good, that he's like, Nothing's gonna happen. Like he's like, there's no reason to be upset. Yeah, you are being overdramatic as a teenage girl. Yeah, and I'm your dad, and I would never let anything. But I kind of believe him. He's like, he's like, it's like you know when a girl comes, your teenage daughter comes to you, it's like he broke up with me. It's the end of the world, and you're like, no, no it's not, honey. No, let yeah. me forward your Neiman Marcus card. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I loved him. I I completely believe that he's her dad, and he's like, I'm not gonna let anything bad happen. I, I like I, him. I'm with you. I agree. No notes. Yep. For him. So, um, when they talk about, they do talk a little business where she's like, my tax return was as thick as a phone book. And she says something weird. Like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, sort of tell you what she's like that. I own a cannery in Guam. I don't want that. And he says, do you says, know how much that cannery loses us? Yeah. It loses us $50,000 yeah. a year. Do you know how much money that saves us? Yeah. And, he makes no apologies. No, for being he rich. He does not and, say I'm sorry yeah. to her at all. Yeah, right to the point where he says, you know, in my tax bracket, I have to make $10 yeah. just to keep one. And I have to stretch that pretty far, supporting you, my ex-wives, their ex-husbands. Yeah. He goes, you really want me to hand over all my money to the IRS? There's the, there's the line I have a little bit of an issue with. Okay. Where... um. It would have, we don't end this episode 100% sure that he isn't a villain. There is ambiguity. No. and Because he makes no apologies for yeah, what he's done. And I guess maybe that's what they wanted and I guess that's fine. But um, because it leads up to, it really hits you in the heart, Blair's final line, which I'm not yeah, going to give away. Which we're not going to give away. But um, yeah. And uh, so what I'm saying is an adjustment... That that's we are so hypersensitive to rich people privilege and right now mm -hmm. the fucking rich thinking they don't need to pay their fair share right versus the, you know the self the self employment tax right. for the small business person is insane 
and and the small business person doesn't have access to all the other shit that can act as tax brackets. This was also the beginning of the Reagan administration where Reaganomics mm. was about to turn everybody oh, into a yuppie. Yep. So yep. And yuppies. Make, yeah, oh yeah. And the rich got richer. Douchebags with the their rich glass. got richer, the poor got poorer. Yeah. All the uh, government uh, mental hospitals shut down and mm-hmm. suddenly we had a homeless problem that we never had before yeah because of all the mentally ill people with no fucking place to stay trickle down economics right yeah. there that's the trickle right there but um uh i would have preferred he say not you want me to hand over for him to say honey i know it's complicated and i'm aware that i'm kind of using you a little bit but it is so that it's not that I'm not paying my fair share. I'm just taking advantage of all of the things available to me to minimize how much taxes I'm paying. I am paying my taxes and I'm not a, you shouldn't feel like a criminal and I'm not a criminal. I make sure that I'm, my taxes get paid. I guess I would have liked that a little bit hmm. as opposed to that sort of crossed a little bit of a line for me, but whatever. Why? Like I said, it almost, it makes him a little bit of a villain. He is. You're supposed to think that. And I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with ambiguity, Matthew. But you're It's s- a sitcom. I need it wrapped up in a perfect little fucking bow. But they are setting you up for five more years of why Blair is the way she is. Yeah. I guess. I, I, I understand it. I'm just saying that was, that it, that is and an alternative. I'm, I'm submitting that to the writers as an optional alternative. Like, but then I forget the next thing that happens is where Blair does allude to the fact that like, I don't want to be this to you. I don't want to be a financial thing to you. And he says, well, darling, don't worry. It's never, something like this is never going to happen again. I'm making you into a corporation. Right. And she says, I don't want to be a corporation. <laughs> Trope, I just want to be your daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. We'll give you that one. But he does say, Blair, this is a complicated financial structure that has taken me years to build. Yeah. You don't really know what you're talking about. Right. You and are an 18-year-old girl. Yeah. And, and he doesn't say it condescendingly, like you're a stupid kid and don't no. get it. Like it's really very, I'm, I'm telling you what the fuck is going down here, honey. Um, and then she says, then explain it to me. And then she does call him about the birthday trip deductions. And then she says, everything we do seems to have a price tag attached. And he says, well, what do you want? You know I'm doing all this for you. You do know that, right? And she's like, I, I guess, yeah. And then he says, it sounds an awful lot like a conversation I had with your mother. Mm. Right before she said she was divorcing me. Oh, gonna say, oh, gonna tell a girl you're just like your mother. Oh, that's the last thing you ever Ooh, say to a girl. You sound like your mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Tell me, I sound like my mother. You're gonna get slapped. <laughs> but then he does uh, a weird line. Am I really such a terrible father? You know, I'd do anything for you. Mm. And so Blair turns and says. Would you take me to a baseball game? Oh, God. Why? why? Something that's just us. We could sit together on the 50-yard line. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you get that joke? I looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, uh, he says, well, fine. He goes, that's, and he says, um, that's football. But yeah, I guess I'll take you to the Super Bowl. She says, great, let's go next week. Mm. He's like, that's not when it happens. Yeah. Um, but then he says, but we'll get together. And then actually, hmm, I'm going to Geneva the week after next. And so, well, we'll do something after I get back. So he kind of has to kick kick that down the road. And you can see her kind of start to get disappointed. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, by the way, while I was already coming up here, and he hands her an envelope, I brought you your allowance check. Mm. And he shrugs, says, save 20 cents. Yeah. So there is this little bit of an awkward goodbye. And he says, uh, and as he turns back, he says, you know, you've always been my best girl. And it is like, nothing you do is wrong. Yeah. So on that exit line, and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I guess I have to take back my other note where you're like, he is presented as both a villain and like, yeah, he's a good dad. Like Mm -hmm. he really genuinely cares and loves her. And he knows she's being silly. Yeah. Because it's things that she doesn't, it's, I love him. Yeah. And he could get it. Yeah. (laughs) $10,000 a month? Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> I let him do horrible things to me. <laughs> With his checkbook. Whatever. <laughs> so then Blair is left there alone. And Joe comes in. And Blair is just there staring at her check. She's just still kind of forlorn. Doesn't really know what's there. And Joe just... Does Joe say anything before she looks at the envelope and says, What's that? I don't think so. I don't think she says anything. So Joe just walks in and Blair is aware that Joe is there. And seeing that Blair has the envelope in her hand, she says, what's that? And Matthew, what what does Blair say? After a perfectly timed pause. Beautiful. My father. Mm -hmm. Oh! They should have freeze-framed right there, but they didn't. They take another camera angle. Another Fortin Wilder. Awkward four seconds before the applause starts. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she starts to say, it's my allowance check, and she stops herself on the, it's my father. It it is beautiful and heartbreaking. And she looks gorgeous saying it. Damn, she's beautiful in this. So, yeah, for for all the notes that we have, for all the confusion, even a tax man coming on us, making a Saturday fucking yeah. house call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was honestly, it gave Lisa Welchel good stuff to play. Mm. And it was reminiscent of Natalie confronting her dad about the affair in the parlor also. Did yeah. we say that we were in the parlor when that scene? They do retire to the parlor for the, yeah. the, the heart to heart. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. I, w- I would rate this um, nine facts out of ten, <laughs> I think. Nine nine facts out of ten. And I'm pretty sure Michelle B. would agree with me really? on that one. Uh-huh. Our Patreon patron, Tootie Fruity Michelle B., the wonderful. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I would rate it high. This was a it. particularly good one. Yeah. Very good one, yeah. And uh, I'm curious what both Jennifer B. and Mm. Jennifer C. 
would say mm. themselves Maybe about it. Maybe in the it. comments, they will let us know. That would be where lovely. Where they would rate this particular episode. Yeah, that would be really, really nice. You know. So, <laughs> anywho, kids, we are at the end of another show. Thank God. Have you thought of a commercial that you want to? I haven't. Didn't okay. Think about it. We, we need not belabor the point. Um, Matthew and I are now going to record the other little thing that we do. Mm. As we've been mentioning our Patreon supporters, uh, Matthew and I do do a separate show that comes out monthly. We torture you more. <laughs> Just when you think you can't possibly suffer <laughs> additionally. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go uh, record that show now. And... Uh, Matthew, thank you again for You're doing welcome. this. I always love having you here. Maybe you'll eat something next time you're here. Why can you not see me on the other side of this microphone? Where Where did you go? See, it's working. Okay. Matthew, thank you. And uh, until next time, yeah. smooches and I love you, darling. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. That was Matthew Arder, always cracking my shit up. Only other afterthought I had was there was a thing in the 80s, and I don't remember it very clearly, but there was somewhat of a stink being made that during the cutbacks to education uh, in the Reagan administration, one of the issues was the school lunch program. And I believe at one point ketchup was deemed a vegetable like officially, by the government. So maybe Mrs. Garrett's uh, creative budgeting wasn't necessarily as creative as uh, she thought it was. Maybe it was a little more uh, above board than she even realized. But anyway, I don't know. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 9, called The Big Fight. That is our return to Stone Military Academy, which you will recall is the site of the failed backdoor pilot called The Academy. But for some reason, they take us back there again. And next week, my returning guest, by his own request to do this particular episode, is going to be James Brendlinger. So, I'm really thrilled to hear what he has to say and why he specifically chose this. So, that's going to be super duper lots of fun. And that's all for this week. Special thanks to my Tootie Fruities who support the show through my Patreon page. And thank you for listening to the show as always. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle facethefactspod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash facethefactspod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>